This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wall spot, eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, brought to you by 90 Min. Oh, that was not a way to spend a Friday night, was it, lads? Um, joining me today, I've got Tom and Jaffo. How are we feeling after last night? A bit deflated again, yeah. Standard. It's just, it's, just, it's just a great way to kick off your weekend, isn't it? M- makes me not want to watch sport. This is the annoying thing. It's a great yeah. weekend of sport, and I can't enjoy it now. I know. I, bloody wars. It, it, it took a lot to get going for me today, um, sports-wise. And, you know, even seeing Man United lose, it, I couldn't work out whether I was happy about it. Because, you know, it's always nice to see United lose, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, or just, I couldn't get up for it in the same way I could have done if we'd have won last night. Or even Drew. <laughs> Um, but hey ho, yeah, we're going to talk about Wolves' 1 0 defeat to Newcastle under a Friday night lights. Um, a bit about if the European dreams dead and buried at this point, and a bit about Twitter corner. So, guys, um, let's be honest, I don't think a lot of fans were really keen on the game yesterday as a whole, just because it'd been sort of said for a Friday night, it'd been a big old trek up to Newcastle. Do you think that kind of affected how everyone's sort of mindset going into it at all? I don't know. I think it's more, I think maybe more so the lineup. I think when the lineup was announced, I think it was just disappointment, really, after, you know, the, the sort of high of Villa. And then, you know, it just, it's just not, it just wasn't the same, was it? You know, it just didn't look as good on paper. And ultimately, you know, it proved to be the case. Yeah, I think. Um... But the, the back sort of five essentially stayed the same. You could have probably argued you wanted to see eight Nori come in again. But that that's, might be a bit of a discredit to Marcel under previous games because he's, he's done solid. Um, and a couple of enforced changes, which I think is the thing that really kind of has hindered Wolves uh, yesterday, which was Dendonka missed out through illness and Podence through injury, which meant um, Luke Kundal came in and Hwanky Chang came in. And... I think you know we'll, we'll go on to it in a bit. Let's be honest, but the um, it's just highlighted the squad depth, hasn't it? That in that middle of the park, um, you know, um, Jafo, what was your sort of reaction to the lineup? It's just like we were saying at the start, like just deflated and flat because, um, well, no, I feel I feel kind of bad for Luke Kundal because. He, he didn't. He didn't play bad yesterday, but it's like he shouldn't be coming straight into a starting eleven like that. He he shouldn't be third, fourth choice in 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 a midfield two. It's it's yeah. just shocking that our, our squad depth is that that weak. That a kid who's who's never played for Wolves before this season, seniorly, has now had to come in for two major games from Tottenham and 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 well, that Newcastle game is is as big really. Um. But yeah, I know you mentioned he, sh- he. I think he probably should have played. And hindsight's a beautiful thing, but I feel like if you get, got the attacking fullbacks, you can kind of nullify what Newcastle tried to do with their wingers. Yeah, you can try and force them to try and defend a little bit more than that than they used to. Whereas Marcel, he's although he does get forward and put the crosses in, he's, he's defend his defensive positions a lot deeper than I know. So I think that's maybe where Bruno should have. Thought, okay, I can try and pin them back. I can try and put more pressure on. But like I say, hindsight's a beautiful thing with this sort of thing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, the Kundal one is it, difficult because no one else can play there. He's, he, you know, he, he, he was fourth man up and never is out injured. Dundonka's unavailable for illness, so he has to sort of play. And I think that deflation we sort of felt as fans. Um, very much carried into the game itself. It that first half, good God, it was bad for so bad. 
it was the worst. I can't remember a half that bad for ages. I mean, we got to get in the half, like, I don't know. We barely even got out of our half, and it was against well, Newcastle. I was going to say, the, the, the stat line I saw at half-time, is I, I've pulled it up from Dominic Skur, because um, it was first person, I think it was all posted, but that was the first time Wolves failed to have a touch in the opposition box in the first half of a Premier League game this season. I mean, that's... there's almost no words for how poor that was it felt like we we had a front three and but they were like playing almost as midfielders if you know what I mean like there was just like no kind of drive forward throughout that team in the first half yeah I think a lot of what Fabio Silva did well against Villa he couldn't do against Newcastle because the way he had to play was he, he had to play more as a target man he had to try and hold the ball up and he, he don't really have the strength and and nous to do that play that sort of game at the moment. Whereas say against Villa, he, they're playing it into the channels for him. And he, he, when he run, was running up against Tyrone Mings in that game, he looked. That's where he looks more natural and more comfortable. And I think that's you start looking at the squad depth again and Jimenez with these stupid decisions. I think it's hard to knock Fabio. I think he did as good all he could do really. Um, I think it was just so obvious. It was just the middle. There was just absolutely nothing in the middle. There could, the, the, yeah. yeah, there was just there was nothing. The defenders had the ball at their feet, and they're literally looking up and couldn't find a pass. And I mean, the passing was terrible, granted, but you could tell their reluctance to hit it long because Bruno screamed it about that before. But at the same time, there was literally nothing on the middle. I think Kunda would seem to be popping up at left back half the time, and it just left Matinho in the middle against three big players at the end of the day. I mean, that must yeah. be the shortest midfield two we've ever put out, isn't it? You know, oh, about, yeah. You know, yeah. Like five foot seven each. It's massive. And I think, I was going to say, interesting, shortest, but also the, I reckon that's the widest age range we've also had as centre midfield pairings. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. You're probably right. No. Yeah. I was, I was trying, my old Mark, Mark Davis, Paul Lintz. I was thinking that. Yeah, I was, yeah mm. that, that, that would be the only other pairing I can think. But because I was sort of hoping, you know, you. You needed Matinho to almost just guide Kundal through that, but it it felt like we'd got outmatched in that midfield very early on, that we weren't going to get the possession that we needed. We didn't have it at Dendonka, who, you know, he had, he had a good game against um, the Villa. And I think I was, we were all sort of hoping, you know what, he can supply a bit more of that again. He, he, he's got enough about him that, you know, he's not going to dictate play, but he can at least make himself busy. And I think. No, we'll, we'll talk about Kundal specifically in a bit, um, but you know, not not necessarily quite at this level just yet. Um, but it, it was, you know, let's be honest, it wasn't just him. I mean, that forward line, you know, we talked about the lack of shots. I don't think I've seen a more anonymous front line bit this season. You know, Wang. Well. West Ham. Just, that was the last time, wasn't yeah. it? And it was those three. Yeah, yeah. And it's, there's yeah. no coincidence that it was the same front three and the same manner of performance in the first half as, as it yeah. was then. There's just no. If it, it, it's almost like on FIFA, like you know, when you got like the connectivity, just those three just don't have any, which is bonkers because Silver and Trincao seem to have a little bit of something going um, against Villa. But it it just uh, you know I think I saw Tim Spears tweet something like like all of our bad performances this season have been kind of when Jimenez hasn't been playing and we hasn't started like when we've churned out like a really bad half of football or something it, it's when Jimenez hasn't played now I don't think you know the correlation to causation's quite there but at the same time you I, I think it's easy to forget that. Uh, did, did we get slightly ahead of ourselves with Silver after that Villa game? You know, oh, I, I thought he wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, I mean, like, no. I think he, he I mean, did he, he did all he better. could with what he was given. Yeah. I, mm, I genuinely yeah. think that. I mean, second half, I thought he actually played quite well. Se- second, half, he, a, he was yeah, decent. He, shot, yes. he, he was the only way to get any shots off in the second half. Yeah. He was the one who was trying to test the goalkeeper. I just think if the, if you're going to look at one person at that front three, the odd one out swung. Because he's mm. the least technical footballer, you know. When we start, which we were talking about earlier, about his his touch is just not there, and he's wimp. <laughs> it looks like it's a mistake to to pull the trigger this early on him. Yeah, we got. I was going to say we had a question 
um, from yeah. Twitter corner regarding that. Um, I'll see if I can dig it out quickly. Yeah, uh, from um, still with V. Um, I asked, you know, was there any advantage to the premature signing Frank? You know, have we saved any money, or is it just to was it just to appease fans? Because you know he had such a bright start for us, but you know after coming back from injury, we've we've had very very key highlights. We've had we've had no nothing really since he's come back from injury to hang our hats on. No, I think Arsenal. I Arsenal away. I thought it was half decent. We got the goal. Yeah. I thought he actually played okay. That, but it's not. In, it's it's fits and starts. It's not enough. I, I don't know if there's something in it in regard to you know Fosun are all you know cute, aren't they, with the finances, deals, and mm. things like that. I don't know if there's something in it. It has to go on a certain balance sheet at a certain time. Maybe. I mean, fourteen million. You know, it's not. You know, it's not massive amounts. You could probably sell him tomorrow and get probably something similar. But um, yeah, it's, I don't, he's not going to bring you into Europe, is he? I don't think, as, as, a, as a starter at least. No, I think I think that's it, it to be honest. And you, you could argue Wolves were potentially savvy um, just on that alone in terms of, look, it's, it's not a great amount in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, even if we sell him, it will probably be for 10 million. And they'll swallow a bit of a loss or, or, or whatever. But I mean, the, the only kind of key incident in the first half um, was Val coming to the rescue for us for once. Um, I did. I nearly texted um, Matty from the Gallagate shots um, as soon as it went in. Um, as we've been talking about Chris Wood being the bane of our lives. Um, <laughs> I say, like, VIR doing, doing its job. Always backed it. It's not, yeah, it's nice when it goes in our favour for a change, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. happen often. No. You've got, t- you got to take it when you can. I mean, to be fair, when I, when I kind of saw it live, I I couldn't quite work out what happened to our defending at all because it felt like they had acres of space in the box um, to, to start with. Um, and, you know, even the offside was quite tight. You know, it wasn't, I can see why it wasn't flagged straight away. It was like half a boot or something. Um, you know, it wasn't one of these. You know, how do I say it politely? It wasn't like an armpit hair. It was obvious enough to give it where you go, okay, fair enough, you see it. Whereas, you know, it wasn't like, um, was it the Jolly one against Liverpool? Liverpool, um, yeah, for, for, I mean, that for was the a Neto joke. goal. And the Pedence like, one in Fulham, wasn't it? It's was exactly yeah. the same. It was, ne- it was literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, well done on the refs on that one. But it did feel like that was a bit of a get out of jail card for us because they they deserved no no I wouldn't say they deserved to be leading at that point but we showed nothing up to that point. Yeah. Um yeah, whereas, we, we, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say we deserve to be one nil down at half time you know yeah. just based on uh, performance alone. But you could tell it it was a wake up call because I don't like it cut to Cody didn't he and he was going wild mm-hmm. at everyone. He was trying to roll people up he realised look we we we're having a mare here we need to sort ourselves out. Yeah, but um, I think, you know, b- both Kilman and Bolly for like different, you know, Kilman was a bit sloppy around that instance in the first half and then Bolly got caught under the ball a couple of times, which isn't like him. He seemed to struggle with Chris Wood and got beaten a couple of times with the ball over the top, um, which was frustrating for these, you know, two really solid defenders most of the time. Um, but it, it did feel like after half time, it did even up a bit. And I don't know about you guys, but did you ever feel confident we'd actually score? Sure, no. But yeah, I, 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 just, I think my like gripe with with the whole with the whole game in in a general with us is I don't think Newcastle played that well. I just think we sunk to their level. They played, they played, they played fairly well. You know, they deserve to win, but I don't think they were exceptional. I don't think oh, they no. were better no. than Wolves were you know, would be on their best day. I just think we were dreadful. And I think we 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 were so, like, dropping ourselves down to their level and in, even dropping our tempo to what we, you know, and trying to adapt our game to mm-hmm. them. And I think that that kind of what griped me the most about the way we played attackingly. Yeah. Is, is that, yeah, is that we played at Newcastle's tempo. Yeah, it didn't feel like they... I, I'm, I'm trying not to give them too much of a discredit here. But it wasn't like they completely outplayed us, and like their defenders were really good and really on it, and they were doubling up on 
silver and making it difficult for them or anything like that. They they won that midfield battle, which I think kind of dictated some of it. But it wasn't like they were leaps and miles. It wasn't like our felt against against Palace. Like, you know, the Palace was they they did a number on us properly. But we we were so abject that we made an average Newcastle side look like, you know, capable uh, of winning comfortably. I was going to say, actually, for for, for Paris games, good one to bring up in comparison because you can tell they're a better side by the fact they scored more goals and Saar had more saves to make. You know, Saar actually had, well, apart from the. but apart from a penalty, which we'll come on to, had a pretty quiet evening. It wasn't tested lots. It wasn't like we're, you know, they were carving us open, having lots of really strong chances throughout the game. Whereas like, against Palace, Saar probably had one of his best games for us and we lost 2 0. Mm. Which I think right. highlights the point that this was a, you know, not an amazing team who dug out, who, you know, who got the win. Against the team, we just we just didn't show up, which is, you know, always always disappointing as a as a fan. Um, we talk Sar, and for if it feels like it happens every week, but it doesn't because um, it just happened two weeks in a row. Um, but gave away the penalty. Now, I've got thoughts on this, um, but I'm keen to sort of hear what you guys think first. So. Do you think it was really stupid by Saar, or it was a nailed-on penalty, or do you think Wood was a bit... Not clever. Nah, fuck it, I can just say it. Um, Do you think he just bought the penalty? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think all three. I think all three. I think Mm. Saar's been rash. Um, He's been clever, and it was a penalty. I think it was a penalty. In in the modern rules, it's a penalty. Yeah, he's, he's dragged his feet, and we see it a lot. Um, but it probably is a penalty. If, we, if that's the other way around, we're screaming for that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just painful the fact that that is a penalty in the modern game. I think <laughs> to watch it you, as a football fan, in reality, you think no, not really. It's soft, but like you're saying, it, nowadays that they give him for that, and so they I, need I, to I look feel, at it. I feel harsh to criticise Saw because. He's done the right thing in trying to close him down. I, that's what I like about Sarr is, is the fact that he's not one of these goalkeepers who sits on his line mm. like Patricio would but in the past. He, you know, he's come out and he's he's tried to, to block the ball, try and challenge for it. It's just, yeah, just as you say, he's got a bit more nose, Chris Wood, and he's, he's as they used to say, you know, he's a clever footballer and and he's, he's, he's bought it. He's probably like, I think of what, Frustrates me is that I, I, I agree with you, Jeffo, that I like that Sar comes for it and he'll challenge for it. Problem is, if you do, you need to get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's that, the f- a third time this season? Because he had one against um, yeah. Spurs, which yeah. was like second game, but he had for one against Villa, and I think we kind of not let him off, but. I think because it felt like Watkins kind of threw himself into him a bit, but he still came out and didn't get near the ball. And then we had it yesterday as well. And I know it must be really difficult for a goalkeeper to brace yourself to kind of claim through a ball in that manner, but be able to stop yourself because Chris Wood's on his weaker foot. He's driving forward. It's not like Chris Wood was going to, you know, pull out a Cruyff turn and come back inside. He wasn't shaping up to shoot. He wasn't going to get to the ball. He did what Watkins did and kicked the ball. Basically, he kicked the ball out of play. You know, for those on YouTube, you can always see where the ball is when Saar makes contact with him. And it's it's a good, like, three metres away from him. It's about to roll out of play. And you kind of do think, well, hang on. If he'd have been able just to... I sound such a layman here, but you just be able to run and do almost like the old Peter Schmeichel star jump, but make no contact with him. Wood's just going to run, run the ball out of play because, you know, however many goals he gets against us, he's not exactly the most agile forward to, to you know, turn is he, Chris Wood? Uh, I agree. I, I, th- I think yeah, he's, he's, he has made he's made a bad decision, Saar, but I think with Saar, I think you have to take him as he is. 
Yeah. Because how many times has he done that? And he saved us, you know, yeah. count, countless times. I think as a sweep, sweeper keeper, it's the sort of thing you've got to almost, almost accept. Mm. But to, for me, I think there's the biggest issue for me, or bigger issue for me, was that there's about three or four things before that even yes. gets to that stage. <laughs> Yeah. So we were on the attack, one of our rare attacks. I think Marcel cuts the ball back to no one, error one. Then I think, I don't know who it is, plays a loose pack, but is it someone plays a loose pass back to Kundal and he slips or yeah. got the wrong way around? No, and yeah, Co- Kundal was the one who slipped. Yeah. And then Cody doesn't engage anywhere near early enough on Wood, in yeah. my opinion. He backs off and he or he needs to show him a bit more outside. He's not really showing him outside. He's showing him almost into the box, really. Um, and I know Cody, you know, he hasn't got pace, but neither is Chris Wood. It's not like it was sent Maximan against him. I think Strange. he can engage that a lot earlier. I think you're right because he, he, Cody was doing the was doing exactly what you asked him to do then against Ollie Watkins against Villa. Mm. There's a couple of times where he was where he was 20 yards ahead of the, his other defensive pairing, and he challenged Ollie Watkins early, and that, that's what he didn't do against Wood. And I don't know why, and I don't know why they've changed that. Yeah. Because, like you said, he should have challenged him earlier. But when he's doing that in previous games, and like he said, like the last game, he's like, why is he not doing it now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah know. It's really strange how they, it seems like they, I'm sure it feels like we have this probably same conversation every time we play Chris Wood. We just back off and we don't, we don't say press him close, we don't get physical to him. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the the transition, I think for, for their goal, it was like two long, two long passes, and just cut our team apart. And you know, the the slips unfortunate by Kundal, um, and the defending is one of those where it didn't feel like it was calamitous, but it just wasn't good. Like it wasn't like really, you know, pull your hair out bad, which we've seen from uh, from Wolves in years gone by. Um, but at the same time, you just gotta go. Oh well. It's like you say, like literally every phase of positions could have yeah. done, should have done better. Yeah, and you know, even after the goal, I, I never had confidence that we'd bring it back. Um, you know, Sons made a great point on the YouTube comments. Uh, Vinyl revival, um, great name. Um, you know about about the subs that it. I think we made those subs um, in the. 80th minute or something silly and you know well a well after the goal but the goal was in the 72nd minute so you know to actually try and impact and change the game um and and Neto looked you know quite lively when he came on a thought he looked he looked he looked quite bright as, as you sort of expect from him um did Lars say that he only had 20 minutes in him yeah, Can I, I don't, read I, that. I think he said. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't think Neto's fit enough to start. No. I think that's becoming more apparent, isn't it? Yeah, but I think if you're playing that bad, because we were playing bad, okay, we start the second half a bit better, um, but a change has got to happen. And that next season, it's going to happen a lot because you get five subs. So yeah. other managers are going to be a lot more reactive than that. And, yeah. you know, you can be reactive with one sub. I mean, what he did, he narrowed everything up, didn't he, in the second half? He just made the team, mm. he, he brought the team in. So it sort of almost tried to negate the, obviously, dominance that they had in the mid in the midfield um, just by bringing everyone inwards. But, yeah, it was a tactical tweak, but it needed personnel as well. I, I was, you know, I was screaming with Veneto to come on. I mean, granted, I didn't know he only had 20 minutes, but just any change, just a change, something, something different. Yeah. Yeah, that's annoying. Annoyingly, it's not. I don't bring him up every podcast, but that's an Adama game. At least just something, just an X factor, just something a bit different where you can just just change something. Yeah, and I think you're saying about bringing it narrow. I think that actually probably hurt us offensively. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you're right defensively. I think it it tightened everything up and gave us more chance in the midfield. But then you bring the forwards inside, and you've got Huang and Trinkau coming narrow. That's where we've seen in previous games when we've played bad, is is because we've had Pedence and Trinkau or Huang and Trinkau coming in too narrow, and they've not been able to get shots off mm. because all all they're going into is crowds of players. Yeah. And if you've not got overlapping wing backs like your yeah. Sinedos and Eight Norris yeah. again, because Johnny's exactly. an inverted for wing back, isn't he? Really, he plays on the inside more than the out. Um, and Marcel, we know, isn't anywhere near as you know offensive as Zayt Nori. So I think again, it's just personnel. But it's hard to criticise Bruno. He's, you know, what was he going to do with that eleven? He didn't have any other eleven to play, really, did he? Maybe we can argue about 
Marcel and Aitnori, Nori, but the rest of the team had to pick itself because of the the situation that he was in. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, we we, we we mentioned Neto, so if he's only got twenty minutes in him, we we can't have to start Huang. Um, Chiquinho, again, someone who definitely doesn't seem like we can trust him with a with a full game. But it was interesting to see him bring on um, Cham Campbell um, for. I was trying to work out the last time we played for Wolves. I think it was against the Villa in that League Cup game um, where I think Nuno hmm. bottled it, uh, basically. Okay. But again, you know, I was trying to think of before the show, oh, let's see if we can get a couple of positives out of yesterday's game. It was nice to see sort of a couple of academy players on the pitch at the same time in terms of him and uh, Kundal, to be fair. I mean, I don't, it, it felt like he was on just, again, same as like Neto in a way and also... And where we've seen Chiquinho in the past, just just something a bit different. Just try and bring a spark to a game. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he looked quite neat. I, I thought he looked all right. Yeah. To be fair, he definitely didn't do any worse than the players who started the game. To no, be exactly. Yeah. I think he, um, he yeah, he at least gave him account of himself. Um, in terms of some players, um, let's talk about Luke Kundal because we've mentioned him a little bit. I don't think his game was all bad. Saying that, I know what I gave him as a rating. Um, but how did you guys see it? Do you think it was that he was told to play a certain way? Because I think first half, a lot, a lot of what he was doing was really conservative and really almost reserved. And then second half, he did try a bit to be a bit more adventurous. I think yeah. if you if you look at the Tottenham game, he comes in for Moutinho. So when you've got him and Moutinho on the pitch, in Lager's eyes and in Lager's mind, is what I'm taking from that is. He's similar to Moutinho. So you've got two of the same player in the midfield. Mm. <laughs> they want to occupy the same space and they want to do the same job. So it's it's, it's difficult to try and accommodate two of the same player within the same team. Yeah, I think I think you're right. What you said, Richard, he was he was very very conservative, wasn't he? I don't think he played played a forward pass until we went a goal down. And but you know, obviously, then it's going to free him up because in theory, there's nothing to lose. He actually drove forward with the ball a little bit, but you know, he he, he looks ahead of him, but. He was incredibly conservative before that, and that, this is hard to knock the kid because early games often, you know, you say to people, "Don't you make their debuts?" Well, look, just get your first few passes in, you know, play your way in, don't do anything too stupid. But then, Large keeps making reference to, "Well, we're not taking enough risks, we're not doing this and that," and he definitely didn't take any risks in the in the first half. And to be honest, even then, I don't think his passing was great. If I'm being truthful. Um, if you compare him to the other 39 on the pitch, I think it's a different story. Yeah. Like Gimaraes just absolutely ran the game. He, he, he was, and maybe that's the difference. You know, we don't, you know, they've invested in a centre mid of, of quality and we haven't. And ultimately, you know, we've got, we've got on the back end the result. If he, if Gimaraes is on the other team, that game is the other yeah. result. We win that yes. game. If Gimaraes is playing for us and not them, we win that game. Yeah. I think it just, he I mean, controlled like, the middle. He absolutely dominated the midfield. You, you can, you can tell that. You know, you look at that Wolves lineup, and you say it's the difference between Amazon who's worth thirty, you know, fifty million, isn't it? And yeah, it, it was frustrating to see Kundal sort of play like that because again, you clips you see him play for the under twenty threes, you can see how much more advanced he plays. It, it, it's a walk in the park from that level. Don't don't get me wrong; like he he, you know, he can play more advanced because he, he understands what he's doing a bit more, I guess. But you know, whether it was. He was told, he sort of say, just just don't lose the ball. Just make sure you recycle it. Whatever you do, just you know, make sure you've got Kilman one side of you and Bettini over the other. Just just get the ball to one of those and let them carry it. But because I guess we're so used to playing with, you know, like Neves in that midfield who can control it a bit more and can dictate that offensive play more, it, it was incredibly noticeable. That we just didn't have that extra impetus going forward, and right, mm-hmm. the common denominator was him. But I don't think that's like it should be any sort of shame on the guy because you know he still it's a bare minimum you could argue, but you know still gave his all. You know he didn't go into you know complete hiding even after that that slip and stuff like that. He still was you know shown for the ball even if it wasn't kind of going forward. But anyone else kind of stand out for you? Guys, because I think what I was thinking when I was doing the player ratings, and someone who thought I had a quietly half effective game was Johnny yet again. But I think that's just Johnny being Johnny, isn't it? Seven, seven out of ten player, now every game. Yeah. yeah, I think he's just 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 consistent, Mr. Consistent. 
He's false in here as Kevin Foley, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> is there an argument now to put him on the left and Samedo in on the right? Do we I think, think, I think, I think so. Think? I think he's more effective than Marcel on the, on the left. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think Samedo may... needs to come back in, doesn't he, now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... John and Samedo, they bring you different qualities. Like Samedo is great on the outside. Johnny is, as you said, Tom, he's great at kind of just tucking inside, going forwards and finding that underlapping run. Whereas Samedo's got that extra bit of pace to beat a man and, and to kind of drive down down the um, on the flank a bit more. So it'd be interesting to sort of see if we could try him on the left because Johnny links up play. And he likes to kind of get forward in his own way, in a different way to Smedo. Um, and I don't quite know why Ain't Norrie's not started the last two games, unless it's that Marcel's just outperforming him training. But I think you've got to make an argument now that if Smedo's fit and Johnny's fit, you start them both because they're, you know, they're almost at the peak of their careers, whereas Marcel and Ain't Norrie aren't, but they're the, you know, of your rent of the career spectrum aren't they i guess um let's say i, I know you sort of said about fabio silva at the start you know not not that we got ahead of ourselves because he put in such a good game against villa i did think he again he was the only person who i think we looked like potentially might score because he had a cup he had that great chance i thought I mean, he carved it out himself magnificently it was just after the commentator slated him about something as well um but again a, a, a decent enough showing well, the second half, he was probably our best player. To be honest, mm. I, I, th- I think he did he did pretty well. That turn and run that he made, I thought was was really good. Um, I really, I just I just don't know, you know, as I say, what else he could have done. Really, okay, he had that header. Maybe he could have done a bit better. Yeah. I think, at, you know, if, if he's if he scored ten goals this season, that maybe goes in. Or if you know, his his prime role, maybe that's a goal. Um, it was a, it was a bit weak, and I think maybe that's what he was getting slated for. But then that snapshot was was excellent. It should have been a pre- predatory instinct there and. He made a he made a really good run. I think Kundal over hit a pass and he was through um, as mm. well. I think his movement's excellent. Um, I like the kid. I do. I really do. I think he's got a lot about him. Um, and as I say, if he's playing in a you know progressive like for you know attacking team or attacking performance, I should say like we did against Villa, he looks good. If you play him in that sort of game where he's expected, like you said earlier, Jafo, to sort of bully defenders, hold up the ball a little bit, bring people into play. It's probably not what you you know you can get from it at 19 at least. No, he, he, he's not ready to carry a game on his shoulders in the same way that peak Raul, you, you, we'd be able to like rely on him like two years, well, yeah, two, three years ago. Like, if we had him there starting, we'd have probably drawn that game 1-1. One, one. In the same way you said, like, they had a £50 million centre midfielder, we'd have had a £30 million striker yeah. who, you know, Jimenez was great at just seeing us through one of those games. Get, you know, he might have scored that header or he might have, you know, taken... Because you know, that, that turn and shot's, like, trademark Jimenez, isn't it? Um, back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... It, it, yeah, I thought he, he, he was the only one who kind of gave a decent attacking account of themselves. Just... Just craving he gets that goal now. Um, in terms of what Bruno was saying, um, to be honest, I think it's pretty much on the money, <laughs> isn't it? You know, frustrating evening, particularly the first half. You're telling me I watched it. Um, you know, weren't getting forward. It needed to be more aggressive. Second half, we did better and being more dynamic, but we missed a big chance to win today, which I thought was an interesting phrase because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think we ever did enough to win that game. We barely did enough to have drawn. If, if we'd have drawn that 1-1, like, you know, the form book suggests against Newcastle, I'd have felt a bit like we'd have robbed them of a couple of points there if we'd have actually got a last-minute draw. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think what he means, big big opportunity missed, it was like an opportunity to close the gap or, you know, you know, opportunity where, yeah, yeah. we could have um, yeah, collected three, three... I wouldn't say, you know, three points, a comfortable three points, but... You know, you got a better chance of beating Newcastle than you have, you know, City or Liverpool, someone like that. I think he meant it in that sort of reference, really. Yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly puts the pressure on the teams who played today as well. Well, I was going to say we, we, we'll take a short break in a minute, guys, and we'll talk about that because you know a couple of results have gone our way, um, and uh, my segment that I'd had planned last night has now all of a sudden changed because of it. Um, you know, 
I shouldn't get upset by that, should I? To be honest, oh man, you lost. Um, but yeah, overall, who are we going to? Who are we giving man of the match to? I'll go Johnny for me. Uh, Fabio, maybe I wouldn't put anyone above six to be honest. But maybe Fabio, just no, for uh, work rate and endurance. Yeah, yeah, I think on my fours of football um, ratings, just for reference, I think I gave. Yeah, I gave both of those a six point five. Um, so I probably need to split the vote, don't I? Now, I'll give it to Fabio just because. He was the only one who looked like we might potentially score. Although Johnny, I think, was the only person like the first half and for a significant portion of the second half who'd had some shots. Like, there was a couple of like proper long ranges where it was like, just because you scored two games in a row doesn't mean you're still not a wing back. You know, sometimes you need to stay in your lane in life. Um, but that, well, what I would say is what I did, I, I had to look this up because at the time I mentioned it to my, I was watching it with my dad. We had on the pitch, uh, you know, bear in mind we one 0 down to Newcastle, desperate for a goal. We had eight got eight league goals between us on that eleven that finished, Fantastic. and six of those were from defenders. <laughs> so I mean, we were never gonna score. Yeah. Cody, Cody three, Johnny two, Kilman one, Martino two, and there was no other goals in that team. And what are we? What are we? Game thirty two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? I mean, it? they're spreading the goals about, and then it's, uh, you say, we we didn't even look threatening from set pieces. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a recipe for disaster. Right, we're going to talk about some of the games that have happened today and where we are in the league um, after a short break. Catch you in a second, guys. Hi, all. Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs, with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We might have just had our answer. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to like, share and subscribe as always. Um, my, my, my question to you guys um, that I drafted up after the, the game rather annoyed and drunk um, was... Is the European dream dead? And then sort of since then, um, a couple of results have kind of gone away, mainly the, the Man United game. I think the Arsenal one, yeah, I'd be amazed if we could kind of overtake Arsenal. Um, and Spurs obviously um, obviously won, so it would take the most colossal Spursy Spurs that ever spurred. Um, but do you think we still got any hope of getting to Europe after yesterday's game? I think, like I said in the pre, uh, like I said in the preview, um, I think our best chance of getting into Europe is finishing seventh, and then somebody who's already in Europe winning the FA Cup. Like, that's our best chance. Yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, um, we've we've played a game more than Man United and West Ham, um, who are both on fifty-one. We're on forty-nine. <sighs> Again, the, the goal difference as well is not great compared to those two as well so you could argue that's potentially another point as well particularly against West Ham as well and then you've got Arsenal have got two games in hand who are five points above us as well so big big kind of gap the, the positive side I guess um, is the, the, the gap between us and even Palace who are you know placed behind us two games in hand on us yes but there's a 12 point gap at this point so you know, we, 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 it almost feels like we are incredibly comfortable at eighth place at the moment. But in terms of today, did we see it as a missed opportunity because of Man United in particular losing? Or, you know, do we see it as, you know what, we've? it's almost a bit of a sigh of relief because we're still, you know, we could still kind of potentially catch up with Man U? Probably both, but you missed opportunity probably more so for me. But it's been our way this season, hasn't it? Every time we've had a sniff of getting close to something, we just seem to just throw in a throw a game, basically. Just you know, just don't turn up. 
Um, and it's hope that kills you. So I'm sitting on the fence of, uh, I still, there's obviously a tiny bit of hope, but um, we're not finished. Like Jeffo says, we won't finish higher than seventh. It'll be seventh or, or eighth. Yeah. But even then, you know, you said about comfortable in eighth. I'm just a little bit concerned about Leicester because I think they've got the same points as Palace, I think, but they've got four games in hand on us, I believe. I mean, they've got the European stuff, which might get in their way. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah, right. So, so yeah, they're, so they're, twelve got, points. But they, they've got yeah, they 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 can potentially kind of claim twelve points from their four games in hand. Whether that uh, you know whether Leicester can actually hit a home run in those sort of additional four games is is something else. But you know they've got potential to climb. I guess the only nice thing, and I say nice thing. Is at least the Villa aren't going to get catch us right that, with with thirteen points and a, and a game in hand. You know that's that feels a bit more. You know after last week and they're drumming today, at least that makes me feel a bit better. Yeah, they, they need to learn to stay in their lane. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, if you want to feel better, just look at any other Midlands club. It's great. Yeah. yeah. If, you know, if ever you're yeah. down, just have a look at yeah, have a look at their Twitter. So it's, it's great. It's great. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. De- definitely, but uh, I, I think we're right. I, I think if we can get seventh, I think it'll be a minor miracle. As um, one of the YouTube commenters say, yes, um, it's slim, but out of our last five, what, uh, six games, three of them are against City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So you're almost hoping for, I guess, a maximum of nine points from the other three games. Um, and you know what? If 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 we can finish the season on what? If I can do my quick maths, fifty-eight points. Will that be enough to finish seventh? I don't quite know. Can you see West Ham getting seven points out of eight games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. It. That's yeah. it. You know that. I mean, that's basically relegation form for them to. Yes. I, I don't. I don't know who their opponents are. To be fair, but you know. Right. I think 61, 61 got a seventh, I think, um, yeah. in one of the two years. I think it's our record points. I think we need 12 points to get, to get uh, the, you know, our record amount of Premier League points. So, I mean, if we get close to that, I mean, it's been a wonder season, hasn't it, really? You know, whether it gets us seventh or not. Um, I think if you get anywhere close to 60 points, you know, we should have said that at the start of the season. I'll slap your hand off. So, I'm trying to be a bit more yeah. philosophical about it. You know, I think the, the fact that, I reckon we can get to at least 55 points. I think it's a solid Premier League campaign. I don't think, you said at the start of the season, you'll you'll get 55. You know, just with sort of basic math, you know, looking at hit the history books, as it were, you'd be pretty confident. You'd, um, you know, you'd secure top half finishing probably more with that amount. Um, there is just almost a bit of a sense of what could have been, especially in the last sort of two months, because we've dropped some really fucking silly points. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I'm sure every, have uh, said before, you know, pretty, pretty sure every fan says that, don't they? But, uh, but it, it, we, we've, it feels, oh, classic Wolves, doesn't it? But we've had this opportunity, we've had the chances to kind of claw it back. And, you know, I think particularly like the no-show against West Ham, I know we're lagged and the, back-to-backs um essentially to to arsenal as well but yeah fingers crossed we can somehow finish seventh and you know so as you sort of said man you have a hilarious collapse or west ham kind of buckle under the weight of yours as well but right we're going to do some questions from twitter corner because some of them actually quite fun and it might cheer us up so um Koza asks um the a1 motorway was the most boring part of the journey till i watched the game um one in the morning driving back uh, down the same road with only monster and nicotine to, for stimulation uh what do you use to stay awake on those longer way drives heavy metal <laughs> yeah just no, really I'm heavy a, music I'm, I'm a big fan of mint imperials for a long drive I'm not away days, yeah, okay, fair, but like just in general, because I end up having to go down to South Wales quite a bit because um, the in-laws live there. Um, so usually, usually something like, yeah, uh, I would say our fantastic show as well. 
Um, but I don't I feel like it'd be egotistical to listen to shows that I've been on <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I mentioned that publicly um, I, I should probably do I should probably do a shout out because Stu was supposed to be on today but isn't um, you could also if you wanted something to entertain yourselves on long drives you could also listen to a cage fighting podcast so there's your plug for this week guys as well how much has he paid you for that um, nothing but hopefully I'll ask him for a beer Yes. Um, and hopefully he won't pour it over me like he did with Gully <laughs> last time he went out. Um, right, next up is actually from Stu. Ooh, that, was, that was well timed. Okay, when we lost to Burnley last season, I watched Gremlins to cheer me up. After last night's shambles, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. What do you recommend the next time Wolves try to ruin your life? I'm assuming like film to watch, not just like in general. But you can take the question however you want, guys. <laughs> Uh, Masters is on there, so I've got a real hankering for watching uh, Happy yeah. Gilmore. So I, I, I'll be up for a bit of Happy Gilmore. Cheer me up! I haven't seen that film for a bit, but I might put it on this weekend. Yeah, there's not many golf films, are there? No, Tin Cup, Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah, I think too many. Groundhog Day is that? Is that golf in it? I don't know. I don't, no, I'm not no. really a film buff. Um, uh, Groundhog Day is the one. Um, Bill Murray, isn't it? The same thing over and over again, yeah. yeah. Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, good shout. Yeah. Good shout. Um, I feel like we should have had just a question about golf at this point. Um, (laughs) But Mass is a good shout to cheer you up to watch. Um, I'm watching Homeland at the moment. I don't know whether I'll call it a good, a light watch. Um, Try to think of something to watch. Maybe something like Mike Mass, England manager, because I feel like that would like appropriately kind of get me back to like loving football again as well. So I guess the combination of being like a fun film, but also it's about football as well. So may- maybe that. Yeah. Those Cody Neto videos are quite good to watch. They've done a load of them now. That always cheers me up a bit. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good like value though as well. Yeah. Did you see, did you um, watch the Water Cup Championship? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, now, yeah. So, something I wanted to highlight in this was Wanky Chan's nickname is just Chani. And I just feel like they could be a little bit more original. I don't know yeah. as to what, but I always find it interesting with like players' nicknames because actually it does like turn out it it would be like the same as me. Like my nickname if I went into that dressing room would just be Hobbsy. Like, okay, you know, just that's Mike sort of, Bassett, isn't it? It's classic. Yeah. Just little, little, <laughs> little nicknames. That's all it is. Do you reckon Jao Martino is just Jao then? He's the he's mo- isn't he Moots? He's Moots, he I moots? think. Moots, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. There's the. I mean, yeah. Obviously, if you've played Sunday League, but it's exactly the same. It's just yeah, yeah some sort of derivation on the name. Like, uh, I, I don't know what else I'd really want them uh, to be. Um, geez, we. Uh, so I just flicked onto the YouTube comments. Thank you for everyone who's commenting. In terms of what to watch, um, Will Martin went for Schindler's List. Oh, what's yeah. cheer him up? Excellent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. Well, it wasn't that bad last night. It wasn't quite there. Um, and Neil Lewis suggests Breaking Bad, which, yeah. Turn a bad show. That's a good chat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right, get me on. Uh, so, and also, shout out for the uh, pun. Oh, no, he's just said um, Caddy Shack. I misread that and thought he said Cody Shack. Um, which would have been a better comment, no, no offence, but <laughs> here, here we are, here we are. Uh, right, we've still got a few more questions. Um, right, this is an interesting one, um, as it's really small, but um, it's argued that dodgy citizens tend to even themselves out over a season, considering Raul's red versus Leeds, uh, the Man City penalty, uh, Neres foul, um, versus United when they played on and scored, and a fairly soft penalty last night. Um, Bradders can't f- think of any similar ones um, evening out our way. Can you guys think of any soft decisions that have kind of gone Wolves' favour this season? I mean, if you look at our last, last night in isolation, I think the VAR one, okay, it was offside, 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 it's black and white, but. You know, that's one that we we've been on the wrong side. Uh, the, the, yeah, the wrong side. We'd have plenty been of times. Fu- we'd have been fuming on him. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we'd yeah. have we'd have given our we'd have given our sort of two cent on that one. So definitely last night in that. Um, yeah, it's a good point though. I can't think of too many where we've no. we've 
we've done well out of, to be honest. Um, I, in regard to even it out, I don't believe that they. It, it, the, the top teams get the better decisions. It's just, I think it's just been proven now. VAR gives them a chance to make a, you know, to rectify, you know, fifty-fifty well, yeah. in the in the in the favour as well. We've yeah. had this debate before. Yeah. It also oh, yeah, helps think about is the the Jota penalty last week, yeah. and that goes on every game. And it's now Liverpool yeah. suddenly get a penalty out of it. Yeah, mm. it's like I yeah, say, come on. I, I agree that big teams seem to get more decisions, but. As we sort of highlighted rules last night, you tend to get more decisions when you get into the box. Which, yeah, like, take risks. Oh, I was going to say, like, oh, we, we didn't get, we haven't got that many penalties. Well, yeah, because we did get into a fucking box to win them. Or did we get offside? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, the, I'm trying to think, the only one I can think of, and I, I, I personally think that it, it was right but I had lots of Arsenal fans kicking off about the Martinelli sending off um, because he didn't get a chance to um, realise he was on a booking now personally I think it, like I think the rules kind of back it up and everything as well and I'm sorry, I still think the ref made the right decision but that was one where I had lots of fans moaning about it as well but but that's just Arsenal fans. That's just, yeah. that's just Arsenal they, fans. They are, I, I don't, I'm trying to find a way of this which won't bite me on the arse. They are the most interactive opposition fans um, I've experienced on Twitter this season. I, I'll, say, I'll say they're a bunch of arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, care. Just, just at be... the Jafo show. Yeah, <laughs> like my Twitter up, they're a bunch of arseholes. I don't care. Yeah, interactions, but, uh, interactions. Yeah, it, 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 honestly, for like about three weeks after those Arsenal games, we pro- I probably still get tweets from Arsenal fans. Um, at, at the moment, it is they are something else. Right? How far did I get? Hungry like the wolf, who I think has actually just popped online. So, hello, um, hungry like the wolf. Um, right. So there is a bit of text here beforehand. So I'll do the preamble as well. So, um. The transfer shit talking has started and we could well have Cody, Neto and Neves poached off us along with Martinho, Sace, Marcel um, and maybe even then Donker off too. So that's a lot of players apparently potentially going. <laughs> um, I think reading to kind of that what you will be sort of ask, how many senior players uh, going will it take to ruin the dressing room, uh, which is currently one of the best in the Premier League? So I actually think this is a really good question i don't necessarily the first half because i think a lot of the rooms at the moment are just well they're literally what they are they're, they're rumors but it makes a really interesting point i think um we talked about this with the players who are out of contract that ruddy marcel sace and martino they're all big characters and you know particularly sace ruddy and martino all very much big leaders in this locker room so i think it makes a really interesting point about you know how many I guess this this squad can we afford to lose this season instead of like more of having a continual transition? I think afford to lose is probably a slightly different answer to can lose. I think if we lose Moutinho, I think that one could be the most damaging because he is the senior statesman. He is the you know he's important to that dressing room because he's got this never lose attitude, never say die attitude, you know, every time even when it comes down to training, he wants to win. Mm. I think losing that from the dressing room and losing that that drive that he's got to give to the people around him would be huge. But I think if, if we lost Neves, which looks like it might happen, um, uh, and I think maybe Sace, I don't think we'd just, I think we could come out of it, not as well, but I think we could come out of it fine. I don't think it'll destroy the dressing room. Neto's a big character, isn't he? And Saar looks mm. like a big character as well. So mm. Neto's just signed any contracts. He's not going anywhere and no one's going to pay the money we'd want, um, you know, with him not being fully fit. Uh, Cody won't go unless we want him to go. He'll stay there forever, I think. Um, yeah. I think those types of players are sort of key. I think, yeah, Neves might. Yeah, if he leaves Neves, Neves and Martino, I think that is quite a big a big hole to fill. And Sace, obviously, yeah, quite popular. But um, whether that'll be in the thinking, whether to give John Ruddy a new deal or not, I don't know. Because, you know, as we know, he's he's good around the dressing room. But it is, it is, it is a big part of it. He makes a good point. I think, it, you know, we've all seen what bad dressing rooms are like, you know, in, in, in the Premier League when you haven't got one. So, 
Well, yeah, yeah I think he's um, as Hungarian he said. He said on YouTube comments um, the point um, was that Man United's shit forms uh, being accredited to their dressing room being poor and competitive compared to the winning years, um, which I, I get. I, I get um, yeah. that you know I seem to you know it seems a lot more cohesive, and um, let's say like everyone seems to be pointing in the same direction. I think it, it it'll be a real. I don't see us losing Neves and. Martinho this summer, I think that that'll be a killer blow. I think we can cope with one going, just about, um, with some heavy investment to replace. I think to lose both is a big void in yeah, this team. Um, you know, I think Sace, I reckon we can cope without because we've got Kilman, we've got Bolly, and but that, those two, I think, are just vital to the, the only thing with losing Nevers. I think it, we could change the way we play and I think that could facilitate yeah. Bruno to play a system that he's more comfortable with. So yeah. if, if you Neves was replaced with, with Pelinha, um then we could probably look at getting a ten. And the one that's got the guy who's actually been on my mind for the past few weeks is, is Ericsson. And I, I know he's getting on, <laughs> but I, I really I'd love to see him play for Wolves. I mm. just this the whole story around him coming back and starting to starting to play football and score goals again is just fantastic. Yeah. The I thing think, is, we, we need we need one. We already need an extra midfielder. So if you're losing yeah. Neves and Moutinho, you, that money you're getting from Neves, if you want to replace some of that informal quality, is pretty much going on three midfielders. Yeah, and then well, you, you're almost back say, to where you started. I think yeah. you've jumped ahead on a question. To be fair, um, which oh, is okay, from Rob Cartwright, <laughs> uh, which is very well uh, time Tom, which um, is where do you invest 100 million from Neves? And bluntly, it's on what. Multiple midfielders, isn't it? If if you did go for a hundred million, we need we need at least two more anyway. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we'll get a hundred million. To be honest, no. I think if we were to get something, it'll be sort of sixty, maybe if we're lucky. Um, but this is it. If you want to replace, if you want a quality midfielder now, you've got to pay for. I mean, look at Gimaraes yesterday. I mean, yes, he was. You know, maybe you don't you could you could afford to go a bit cheaper than that, but you know, sixty million get you two quality, mid, really good midfielders. Another yeah. one I'd probably look at is Tushimani at Monaco. I think mm. if we could get him 20 million, I think he'd be a good good sign. Yeah, he's, he's decent. Yeah, I think there's a few teams sniffing around him, aren't there? I think, by the looks yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's. I'm almost anxious for that first big, big player we have to replace with money. I know, I know Jota went for a, a healthy sum, but it wasn't light years above what we're currently, we were currently spending. You know what? What do you go for? Forty-five in total. Yeah. I mean, we signed yeah. silver for thirty-five in total when you include add-ons and things like that. So it's not worlds of difference. But if we sell Nevers for you know between sixty and eighty, so call it seventy, like Wolves will never spend that much on a footballer because it will kind of disrupt for yeah. everything. So we'll ha- we'll probably do a Villa, which is you know we replace one player with two and things like that, which it does bear the risk um, of, say, doing a filler and, you know, you're replacing a star player with three players who were not yeah. as good. Never works. Spurs no. and Bale. I mean, they pissed yeah, that money yeah. at the wall completely, when didn't they? they, they, got they yeah, got they got, they got, they got Lamella, Ericsson, Soldado with it. And, yeah. you know, what one of the, Soldado was straight on the scrap heat. Lamella was inconsistent for five years. Ericsson was the only one they got a tune out off for a bit. Yeah. Leicester are quite good at doing it. Mm. Leicester often, you know, they've had quite a few big sales and they managed to reinvest it pretty well, actually. They're, they're, they're maybe one of the exceptions. They're, quite, yeah. they're quietly good, to be fair. And I'd be interested to see if Wolves are technically doing it as well. But, um, yeah. you know, they, they buy them almost six months before they sell them, which is what they did. Um, with the centre half, whose name I completely blanked on, Fafana. Um, they, they did it with Fafana, I think. Yeah, and they also did it with Soinchu. Soinchu. Yeah. They bought him in January before they sold Maguire, and he barely yeah. played. Mm. And then, you know, be, been in the club for six months, which I think kind of yeah. helped that transition through. Um, so it'll be interesting to sort of see um, how Wolves do manage it when the time does eventually come. Hopefully, it's not for the foreseeable future, but let's end it on a lovely positive one. Um, <laughs> arguably Wolves' worst performance of the season versus Newcastle. Do you agree? Um, uh, been a few contenders this season, so end on a uh, bum note, but what was Wolves' first uh, worst performance this season and was it 
last night. No. Crystal Palace. I think. For me. The away game on the ship. The, the second. Take, take your pick. So, the, ho- <laughs> yeah, the home game. The home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really, that hurt me a lot, that game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard to argue with the Palace one either game. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Brentford wasn't great uh, mm. either. Um, but at least Palace were like a... You could see why we lost to Palace, whereas last night... They didn't have much about them, really. I mean, so no, Maximum no. was terrible. Um, that Gimaraes and Shelby played quite well. Um, but that was it. Like Palace, they had a lot of, you know, they had Zaha, um, yeah, Elise, they had, they had, they had quite, Gallagher, they had quality players all over who really played a good game. Um, whereas last night, I think it was a case of us just playing so bad that it, it made it. Yeah, Newcastle mm. didn't have to get a second gear to win, which is depressing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was sort of thinking of mine. Um, yeah, the second the second game against Crystal Palace, just because we made exactly the same mistakes we did in the first game, and it was just like we against the first game against Brentford was crap, but we learned the second time, showed that announced that we needed to, and then against Palace, we're like yeah, we'll go three four three, we'll get outnumbered in midfield, and just got run over. The other one I was thinking of was West Ham away. Just because yeah. we really needed a result, and we really at night. I mean, we barely showed up yesterday, but we at least had some chances second half. West Ham, we were just. They, I know they were shagged from the, the Thursday night game against Arsenal, but yeah, that was that was crap. There's a lot of similarities from last night in the yeah. West Ham game for me. It was very similar. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, it weren't weren't great, but. Um, we'll leave it on that slightly down note. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but um, we'll we'll be back. I don't quite know when because we now don't have a game over Easter, so I'm hoping we'll bring together a couple of um, specials in the next couple of weeks. If not, we'll be back to preview the Burnley game middle of the week after next as well. So hopefully um, we'll give you something to pass away the lonely evenings. Um, but... Until then, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Make sure you check out some of our YouTube content as well. It's not just our podcast going on there. We've also got Goodies Tactical Analysis as well um, for your more in-depth breakdowns of the games. And also shout-outs to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. And, of course, we are brought to you by the 90 Min football network so until next time it's goodbye from jeffo goodbye it's goodbye from tom bye wars fans and it's goodbye from me see you next time